Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. Somebody just not happy. The title of my sermon this morning is You Gotta Run. And you think about it, our life is a race. Paul, in a lot of his writings, compared to the Christian walk as a, a race. And Really, if you think about it, it is for everything you do. A race has a beginning, and a race has an end, and it's all in between is how the race goes. And in the race of life, there's no, there's no spectators. Everybody participates in it. In the Christian life, it's the same way. If you call yourself a child of God, you're running the race. And here in chapter 12, Hebrews verse 1 it says wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us now if you look about this he He's, he's telling us, he says, you know, I love this verse because this verse reminds us of a couple of things. One thing it reminds us of is there's nobody perfect. Because if you listen, he, he's not writing to the lost. He's writing to them who are saved. And he said, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. And it's a reminder that, hey, uh, Everybody's faced with problems. Does anybody, did anybody in here have a perfect week? I mean, one of them weeks where everything went good. You felt good every day. Everything made you happy and, and everything was joyous. The birds were singing. The sun was shining. You know, that don't happen, does it? And it's during the times when that's not happening that the race gets harder to run because all those things are besetting you, those weights that are dragging you down. And it's a reminder that these weights that, 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 that the writer here says, he said, you need to take them and set them aside. You say, well, well, preacher, you don't understand. I got a lot going on, and every one of us do. There's not a person in here who probably is not facing something that is hard and it's devastating and it, it, it's all compassing your life it just seems to be more than you can bear and it, it's during those times we got to be careful because that's when the sin can get in see one of the things is jesus told us he says bring me your burdens and bring me your cares bring me your problems he said and and, and give them to me but see, a lot of times it's we, 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 we run and we keep going. And, and if you've ever read Pilgrim's Progress, Pilgrim had a, a sin on him and it got heavier as he, because he, he didn't know what to do with it. Until the end, we realized, hey, I can get rid of this. And that's the way a lot of Christians are. We, we carry that and we don't realize God said, let me take that from you. He said, well, well, preacher, I've gone to the altar, and I've prayed about it, you know. 
him. I praise the Lord, help me. But it's always there. It's a constant in my life. You see, a lot of times the problem is we don't realize that sometimes God's wanting you to carry something because he's teaching you something. Or he might not be teaching you. He might be teaching somebody else. But he's told us this. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He helps you carry that load. But you got to set it aside. You want to run the race of life. You want to be able to go where God wants you to do. You've got to be able to say, Lord, here, take it. Help me with it. Give me the strength to make it. You know, sometimes I know that burden gets to be too bad. And, and here's what you got. But God, God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he gave you something more. You should be able to go and say, hey, I've got an issue. And like, Jimmy, I come and say, Jimmy, i got a problem. And you don't say, well, here, let me tell me everything about it. When did it start? What does it do? No. You can say, hey, I'll pray for you. And that ought to be enough. you got to tell say, hey, I've just got something going on. And it's hard. It's heartbreaking. It's devastating. It drags me down. Well, that's when you say, hey, pray for me. Pray for me. And, and you know, as I, I thought about this this race that we run, and, and and I'm like, Lord, you know, you know, why do we have to do these things? And I heard something this morning, and and I want to share this with you. It's in First Corinthians chapter one. Paul wrote to the church in verse 26. He said, for you see your calling, brethren, how that, that, that not many wise men after the flesh, nor many mighty, nor many noble are called. I, I, I looked at that, and as a guy was reading, I said, man, that's so true. He says, not everybody's got to be smart. I don't call just smart people. God says, I don't, I don't, call, I don't call just mighty people. I don't call just noble people. And then he says this, he says in verse 27, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And bad things of the world which are despised. God, ye, and things which are not to bring to not the things that are. See, God chose you and me to run this race. To live. And I like I said, He chose the foolish things. You know why a lot of people don't want to, this excuse of not living in the Christian life? Well, if I do, and when somebody asks me a question about the Bible, Well, you know, the good thing about it is you can say this. I don't know, but I can find the answer out for you. And I'll let you know. So you know what? You know why, why God chose you and called you to run this race? Because if you look through the Bible, 
He didn't call the most wisest. He didn't call the smart. He didn't call the ones that people thought he would call. He called some people in the scriptures. You look at them, man, they had problems. Well, they didn't really have a problem. I think one of the closest ones that was really good was, was Joseph, but he had a problem. Boy, and his family, his brothers didn't like him. They threw him in jail. And he harbored that, that anger towards them. If you remember, when they came to, the, to Egypt, you read that story, he had to, to, to really think about it because he had still had anger in his life. God had used him, but then God showed him, you've got an issue. There's nobody in the Bible that's perfect. There's nobody in the Bible that, that, that was great and just, you know, they come out the womb and say, ta-da, look at me. No, every one of them's got problems. And God says, these are the people I choose. I chose you. Now, if I choose you, there's a reason behind it. The other day, Oprah finished up his season and, and we were all like, yay. Genesis had a game Friday night. They got a trophy. And we was all like, yay. And the coach comes up to John and says, hey, I want Obi on an all-star team. Yay. And the guy said, he says, you know, he's not this great star player. He's not the, the, the best, but his attitude and his worth ethic on the field. That's what stands out. So you might not know what stands out about you. But God does. He says, I'm going to help you run this race. I'm going to be with you throughout the race. Because I called you. Just so you know, I ain't started on my notes yet. This is just the introduction. But as I thought about this. I said, God, you, you tell us in Hebrews. You said, wherefore seeing that we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And a witness is somebody who's watching. Watching us. Now, let me tell you, here's why it is, because today in the society we live in, you know, uh, people worry, well, I don't know the Bible. Like I said, well, you ain't got to worry about that because most people don't even know what the Bible is anymore. But you are the only Bible a lot of them see. And how you handle your day-to-day -day life, it speaks volumes of the race that you're running. Paul said he pressed towards the mark. He strove to be what God wanted him to be. What about us? Are you doing everything uh, as unto the Lord, as the Scripture tells us? And that's everything. Not just the things, you know, oh, hey, I got up this morning, and I got ready, and I came to church, or I'm watching, and so I, I strove that. But what about tomorrow? What about this afternoon? See, that's where it's different. That's where the race is really run. It's not run on Sunday mornings. It's not run on Wednesday nights. It's run when you're not here. This is just a pit stop 
It's like if you ever watched a marathon race, they're running and they come to a spot where there's somebody handing out water. Or, or something to drink, to, to give a little so you can make it to the next point on the map. This is what Sunday morning is. This is where we ought to come in and say, Lord, hey, my bucket's empty. I'm not, I, I've been wore out. It's been a rough week. Fill me up with the Spirit because i got to go back to doors and it's going to hit me again. I mean, how many of y'all came in? Oh, how many of y'all had a week that on Monday you just jumped up and said, praise the Lord, another week? Well, yeah, we probably did. Hey, I'm still alive. I'm on this side of the sod. But how many of you were excited that you could be a child of God on Monday? Tuesday rolls around. At work, Monday's not that bad. You know what our bad day is? It's Tuesday because Monday everybody comes to work. They ignore everything they possibly can. But Tuesday, every phone call happens. Why ain't I got this? Why ain't this happening? And I don't like Tuesdays. They're my Monday. So by the Tuesday, how are you faring? Does problems creep up? How many of you have ever just got tired of being... Being a church person. Anybody? I, I, well, preacher, I've been doing this forever. See, with the, I've been doing this forever. It's always worked. Do you ever come in Sunday mornings and just say, Lord, just fill me up? I ain't seen the song I like this morning. I didn't like that song we sung. That don't matter. Did you sing it from the heart? Did you have joy in it while you sung? Uh, well, preacher, somebody was sitting in front, and every time I moved this way, they moved that way. I couldn't see you never still. Get over it. If what you're here to do is look at me, you're in bad shape. We ought to be here this morning saying, Lord, I need to be filled. If just one verse touches my soul, if one thing happens, Lord, let me leave Sunday, Sunday filled with the Spirit, ready to go out and face the world. Help me to, to put back on that of God. Maybe I need to take off my breastplate and shine it up a little bit. Maybe I need to get the shield pull the darts out of it and shine it up and, and get my sword ready because maybe it's a little dull. I need to sharpen it up because I'm going back out there to fight the battle. I got to run this race. I got to get out and do it no matter how bad I want to do it. You know, if it was up to me, I'd find me a little hole in the wall and hide. But I found out you can't do that. You know, y'all ever seen the, the cartoons where an ostrich sticks its head in the sand? I say a cartoon because I've never actually seen that in real life. If you ever go to a place where they got ostriches and birds looking at you like, hey, you dummy, why are you looking at me? Well, see, a lot of people want to live with their heads stuck in the sand. You're a child of God. You can't. You've been called. Jesus said, go forth and make disciples. I said, well, preacher, I'm, that's your job. That's the deacon's job. That's so, no, that's our job. All of us is job. How do you do it? By running the race every day. Run that race with. 
run that race and say, hey, Lord, I, I, I'm ready with reality in my life. You know, I know who I am. Paul said this. He said, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Did you hear what you are? You're not just. You're not just a, a, a church member. You're not just a member of Chihau. You're not just this. You are a royal priesthood. That ought to make some of you sit up and say, I'm a what? You mean I got royalty? Let me tell you a secret. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in your veins today if you're a child of God because the Holy Spirit indwells you. The Holy Spirit busts the tomb open and that same Spirit is in you that did that. You ought to run this race with a reality and say, hey, Man, I can do anything. But we're so timid. We're more like little mice. And when somebody steps on me, well, if that happens and you get took out of this race, guess where you're going to be? To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen? I mean, you think about what's the worst thing that can happen to you is actually the best thing that can happen to you. And we ought to be a little more excited about it. I mean, I mean, I'll tell you what, I ain't gonna, I only do one, I want one, one thing off here. Let me find it. Take your Bibles right quick. I'll find it. Go over to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. I want to tell you how you ought to run this race. No matter what's going on in your life. Matthew chapter 9 says Luke 2, but we're going to look at Matthew's version of it. We're going to go to verse 20 of Matthew chapter 9. I'll give you a little backstory right quick. There's a man, he's come to Jesus. His name's Jarvis. He says, hey, my daughter's dying. Well, will you come and, and, and will you come and, and heal her? And so there's a lot of people. I mean, there's a bunch of people there, and, and Jesus is walking along. And and, and, and here Matthew tells us he takes up where they finds out that Jars finds out the the child's dead, and so they're 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 le they're going still going to the house. And verse twenty says, "And behold, a woman which had disease with an issue of blood twelve years, twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment." For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Did you hear that? Here's a woman whose life has been decimated, whose life for the last 12 years has been a problem with this issue she's had with the blood. And, and I guarantee she's tried all kinds of things and it probably been everybody she possibly could be. And she's basically an outcast because she's sick. You know, they didn't want, in Jesus' time, one, they didn't like women. They treated them like they were, were subhuman. And she's got an issue of blood. It doesn't say, hey, her and her husband came. It didn't say her and her family came. It said that she came. And she said, if I could just but touch 
the hem of his garment. And that word hem, it, 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 tra it, it translates from the Greek as a tassel. I just want to touch the little tassel on the edge of his garment. If I can do that, I'll be made whole. She came with a heart filled would heal her. How many of us come into God's house today with that same hip, heartfelt desire saying, Lord, if I can just touch the hem of your garment, if I can just get a little bit of you, I'll be made whole. Let me tell you, that's the problem. We don't realize what God can do what God has done, he can still do. He didn't get out the miracle business. He didn't get out the business of doing things. You know, he parted the Red Sea. He didn't say, well, I'm not going to do anything like that for you because you don't deserve it. He said, I still love you, and I'm still in the, the business of taking care of my sheep. Don't you want to just touch the hem of his body? That's what the problem is. Some of you, well, I got this. I got this. She did for 12 years. Think about it. Twelve years before she finally decided to do something. Go to Jesus. How many of you sat there with a problem and a burden? Twelve years. Let me tell you, when there's a problem in your life, it seemed like twelve years. Could you imagine the things she faced? And she goes to, she uh, you, you, I want you to think about this woman. See, Jarvis was a rich man. He was a noble. He was able, in his mind, to walk right up to Jesus and say, hey, I've got a problem. Will you come to my daughter? She's sick. She's fixing to die. Will you come and will you heal her? And they come and said, Jarvis, it don't matter. She's dead. Too late. He said, come on, we're going anyway. He had courage. But this woman, she was shamed because of her problem. If I just touch the hem. Yeah, I don't have to, I don't want to stop them because of what's going on in my life. And my problem's not as big as this problem over here. But I'll tell you what's so awesome about it. Jesus is in a throng of people. You know, many of them just there, they wanted to see. Oh, they wanted to loaf and they wanted to fish. They, they wanted just to be part of something. And there's a press of people all around them. And she touches it. He says, whoa, who touched me? Who touched me this morning? I think that's an awesome thing. Here the disciples are probably, they're probably trying to keep people off. And everybody, you ever been in a crowd where it's just, 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 Everybody's trying to go in one direction. I remember when I was young and stupid, I went to a rock concert once. And everybody tried to go in the door about this big. You know, it don't matter. We got 30 minutes before it ever even starts. And we're all trying to get in there at the same time. And, man, it was like you just lift your feet up and get carried by the crowd wherever you wanted to go. That's that's. And I thought, and every time I think about this, I think that's probably the way it was with Jesus. Everybody just crowded around him. Who touched me? Who touched me? Somebody come in and they touched me because I felt my virtue leave me. I felt my power leave because somebody needed it. Somebody needed it. Man, you think it probably, probably people touched him on his arm. 
touching his leg, and they just doing all kinds of stuff. But see, they, they wasn't the one that was there for that day. She had a heartfelt desire in her life. If I can just but touch the hem of his garment, if I can just come to him, let me tell you, with the hem of his garment, I could be healed. With the hem of his garment, I could get excited. With the hem of his garment, I can be made what God wants me to be. But the thing is, you got to be like her. I'm going to get to him. I'm going to make it through the crowd. Because you realize people knew about her, and they would not want her getting close to him. But she made it through the crowd. She made it all the way up to Jesus. And she touched him. You know, they saying, oh, look, it's her. It's that woman's got that problem. Y'all get out the way. Nobody even noticed. Today, you can touch the hem of his garment. You can come to him. But the thing is, will you? Will you, will you run that race? Will you cast aside every weight and every sin that so easily besets you? Will you be willing to? You ever notice there's a condition that you've got to make an effort to get what God will give. I will touch the hem. I will lay aside the weight. I will believe. You want to know what the problem with most Christians are today? Is our lack of belief in the power of Jesus Christ in our life. The lack of belief. Let me see. I wrote a, I want, I wrote a quote down and I want to see if I can. where I put it. But the quote says the greatest cause of atheism in America today is Christians. The greatest cause of atheism is us because we don't believe what we say. Well, I do, preacher. Are you handling that problem on your own? Do you? Or do you have bitterness in your heart? Do you? Or do you try to do things your way instead of God's way? Do you? Or are you tired? So we don't release. We don't go to. We, we are a royal priesthood. We're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. But until we release to him, You'll never be. You'll never run that race. You'll never do what we should do. You'll never take up your cross. You'll never press towards the mark. You see, I know that because I'm in that same boat. Oh, every once in a while, we'll look at somebody like the disciples did. We'll look at somebody who'll step out on the waves. We'll say, look at that man. Look at, well, he's walking on water. He he go, but well, you know, we'll see more than anything else. Look at old Peter; he sunk. Peter got out the boat. Peter walked to Jesus. It wasn't like I step out the boat. Ooh, look, there's the storm. Down he went. He got out of the boat, and he walked to where Jesus was. I'm wanting them in the boat. 
whole time wishing, I wish I'd have done that. I wish, you ever wonder why another one didn't jump out with Come on, Peter, I'll race you. Come on, John, let's go. Come on, Andrew. Hey, if Peter can do it, anybody can. The same God that was out there with Peter is the same God that's in your heart. But you won't get out of the boat. You won't run the race. See, I know that because I'm the same way. And I'm like, Lord, if I just do what you call me to do and ask and tell me to do, well, if I just would just, just decide I'm going to run the race, decide I'm going to lay aside, and, and, you know, my problem is, is I can talk about it and I can tell everybody about it, but doing it in my own life is another thing. I mean, how many of us are like that? you got to raise your hand. How many of you got a problem in your life? How many of you got an issue in your life? Jesus says, bring it to me. Bring it to me. Well, preacher, you know, there's no what preacher is. No, need to be talking to is Jesus. Don't make excuses for me. But think about what you're doing in your heart to him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We run a race that you put us on. You've told us to run this race. And the finisher of everything about us. But Father, so many times we don't look to you. We look to ourselves. We won't get out of the boat. We won't take up our cross. To do it. But you called us. Now, the Father, Lord, I know there's people here this morning that are dealing with issues. Lord, they got burdens in their life. Father, they've got problems, and there's some that are just tired. They've been through an awful lot. Lord, the problem is, is we don't want to release and give to you. So, Heavenly Father, Lord, if there's somebody that's here, somebody that's watching, Lord, I pray right now that you'll give them the courage to just call upon you. Lord, I, I, I'm not even asking them to come down to the altar, but, Lord, I pray you give them courage to do that. But, Lord, I'm just praying that they'll right now in their hearts say, Lord, I need some help. I, I've been carrying this too long. I've been struggling with it. I've been fighting way too much. Lord, you tell me if I'll just give it to you. So, Lord, this morning I'm giving it to you. Lord, help me to leave it at the altar. When Satan whispers in my ear, I'm going to tell him that, hey, my God's got that. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm chosen. So, Lord, I pray that you give us the courage to do that. So, Father, have your way in this invitation time. Lord, some of us need to be doing some serious Serious talking to you. So, Lord, whatever they stand in need of this morning, Father, be with them and help them. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. We're going to stand to our feet. We sing. We're, we're going to sing 245. You be obedient. If you need to sit where you're at, if you need to talk to somebody sitting right beside you, you do that. If you want to come to the altar, the altar's open. But you're watching us. You get on your knees, whatever the Holy Spirit's leading you to do, I pray this morning that you do.
Be obedient to him. coming today and I pray my prayer is that, that whatever that burden is because that wasn't the sermon I was going to preach I still got it I'll save it for another day same scripture we're starting off with but that's as far as it went but I pray that whoever's having that burden and that problem 
you'll have the strength to give it to the Lord. See, sometimes I think what it is is we tell God what we want, but his will's got to be done. What we need to pray for first is, Lord, strength to accept your will. I don't understand it sometimes. I don't get it. Give me strength. But give him that burden. So, Lord, I can't handle it no more. Some of you are going through an awful lot. And I pray for you. And if I don't tell you, hey, some of you, the battle you're facing, the way you're handling it, you, you're running a race that's so hard. Nobody else might know, but God knows. And he's right there with you. Never forget. I hope, pray you have a blessed, wonderful week. You know, uh, I don't know about y'all last night, but I got woke up at the house from some thunder. Scared me to death. Felt like the whole house was shaking. Julie never even noticed it. <laughs> Obi never even noticed it. Twitter comments. There you go. Oh, man. <laughs> I got to work on mine, brother. <laughs> It scared me to death because I didn't know what it was. I just had a, I was dreaming that a tree was falling on the house and then that thunder. Whew. Lord got my attention. I did some praying right then. So I pray that, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, listen to him. I'm going to close with some prayer this morning. So guys, go ahead on back to the door. I'll, I'll join you just shortly. Church, I want to tell you one thing before I pray. I love each and every one of you. I'm so glad that God brought us together. If I don't tell you enough, I'm going to tell you how much I love you guys. Each and every one of you. I pray you have a blessed, wonderful week. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today. Father, I pray that, Lord, those that are suffering with burdens, problems, Lord, that they'll bring them to you. A lot of times pride gets in our way and we say, we got Lord, I know that's not the truth. Lord, I've been there and I, I'm still there. But Lord, help me to follow your will and do what I need to do. And Lord, not only me, but everyone in here that's struggling with something in their life. Those that just need to encourage them to make it tomorrow and the next day. So Lord, I pray right now you'll You'll give us what we stand in need of. And Lord, for those who are, are, are suffering, you'll give them peace. You'll give them comfort. Thank you again for all that you do. Lord, I thank you for this church. Lord, I ask you to bless those that are here today. Again, we call out those that are sick. Again, Father, thank you for being our Savior. Lord, name I pray. Amen.